miserable people what's up welcome to the hollywood heels podcast i am the rock star the renaissance man the duke russo and i am joined by my oos yeet what's up henron yeet what's going on dog and what's going on everybody out there bringing you a very spooky edition of smackdown and nxt what do we have going on today man we are coming from Tulsa, Oklahoma for the season premiere of SmackDown. Full of fun little nuggets and surprises. Uh, this this was a very, very fun SmackDown. A matter of fact, a friend of mine, that uh, a, a mutual friend of ours that no longer really watches WWE and primarily only watches AEW hit me up and was like, Yo, I actually watched SmackDown, and that was really fun. Um, so I, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Uh, we open the show with the greatest of all time, John Cena. Now, before I get to anything, I don't know why I my my brain was cranking, but they've been pushing this whole like John Cena's the greatest of all time thing so fucking hard, and I'm like. He's one belt away from the record. If they're already calling him as the company the greatest of all time, I feel like they're going to give him the 17th belt. I don't know when, I don't know how, because he ain't exactly looking too great in the ring, but they, they are so hell-bent on calling him that and announcing him that at every chance in turn, they've got to give him the 17th belt. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's coming sometime soon. I honestly think they might sneak him a Money in the Bank victory so that way he can actually have a successful cash-in and, you know, maybe wipe that blemish off his record along with, you know, gaining the record. I don't know, something like that I could see happening. Yeah, we could do it that way. We could do it winning the Rumble. We could do it winning Elimination Chamber. There's a lot of avenues for it. I don't think it's going to be the universal undisputed um belt we we'll have to jump into that belt later on because uh, i noticed some things you know what we're at the top of the show so fuck it let's do it we we get cena coming out pushing them merch towels welcoming us to the season premiere of smackdown when we get an entrance the tribal chief has returned before really cena can say anything we got roman entering accompanied by solo sokoa and john Heyman. jimmy is interestingly nowhere to be found at this moment um one of the big things that commentary was playing up was how revitalized Heyman looked and i was like yeah he just dyed his hair again so i don't know if cutting the dye out was part of the plot but one thing that i was surprised to see on his 1139th day as champion he came out with one belt it's been a minute since he's came out with one belt i know that it's it Technically, he had like two, and then they gave him the new redesigned same old W belt. And then he was basically, he would come out with a belt, and then Heyman would have two belts carrying. So, like, he was walking around with three belts. But after this absence, he came out with one belt. Do you think that they permanently unified these belts? Yes, it's the season premiere, and they said this is the belt for the big champ, and this is what we're going to run with, and they're going to pretend like anything prior didn't exist. 
Hey, fair enough. I mean, it's it's a lot less confusing, and then we don't have to create some sub-fucking-plot on how we're going to split these belts up. It's just one belt. He is the undisputed universal champion. That's it. Um, after Roman enters, we get, like, raging Cena chants from the crowd. Even after the acknowledge me, we still get raging Cena chants, which I kind of liked. I mean, I still love Roman. He's a heel. He's the bloodline. He's, he is what he is, but I still love him. Uh, but he's got a problem with good old John Boy over there being called the GOAT because we all know that there's one GOAT on this show, and that is the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Um, and he, he tells Cena that he needs to leave or he will be made to leave. And Cena here, he, he pulls probably not what we were all expecting. He acknowledges the tribal chief. Um, he acknowledges that he hasn't earned the right to challenge the tribal chief. And he knows someone who has. Enter L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you get this shot at, of, uh, of Heyman in the back, and he's just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is, this, is, this is the kryptonite. This is the only guy that I hoped that he didn't bring out. The megastar. But Roman's looking around like, who the fuck is this dude? Because uh, really, like, most of the time that LA Knight has exploded, Roman hasn't been around. Cena's saying that uh, it's it's LA Knight's time and passes him the mic. Um, he takes a moment, you know, introduces himself to Roman Reigns as the fastest growing megastar in the history of SmackDown, and that Roman is just simply a man in his way. <laughs> uh, I, I like this kind of kind of line from Roman here where he's given LA Knight props for his little party trick. You know, I gave you a couple months and now they say your name. Congratulations. But who are you to stand in the ring with me? Awesome fucking camera work here by the camera crew catching a reflection of Roman in LA Knight's sunglasses that you got like he he wears, you know, those John Lennon like completely circular sunglasses and you get two images of Roman just staring back at you. That was, I don't know if that was planned or not, knowing WWE it probably was, but either way, brilliant fucking shot. Um, LA Knight is addressing Roman when him, Jim, finally shows himself and ambushes him from behind only to get thrown out of the ring. Roman and the bloodline retreat? which was kind of interesting. And then Roman tells Solo to handle LA Knight. So that's what we're getting later tonight as our main event, LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa, uh, for those of you who do not speak more on. Yes, this was this was interesting. You know, Paul Heyman was, you know, begging Roman, not now, back down, let's go. And Roman did tell Solo, go handle this in the ring. So, you know, he did set him up for that challenge. Should be interesting. I don't. I can't recall seeing them in a match, but we obviously can tell how that match is going to go. It's very obvious that uh, Solo is just a stepping stone on LA Knight's journey to the top for his challenge against Roman Reigns. But I did love seeing Roman back. Put your ones up. I'm glad they didn't have Cena out there long before Roman interrupted him because we know who the real GOAT is. And Cena knows 
And that's why he ain't challenging homeboy right now because he knows what's up. I'd also like to state they got new Roman goat shirts. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, it looked like he was wearing a shirt that said goat and it had like maybe his face in the shape of a goat or something like that. I, I couldn't. Catch I need, I need to look this up. Look, double check that for me right now. But it looks like there's some new merch uh, for the season premiere for the real goat out here. The tribal and was, goat. <laughs> and I was thinking, have L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns actually even met? Like, I don't know if they've actually even met because Roman has been gone. Um, and when him, Jim came in to attack, why did Cena just watch? He was just kind of chilling for a minute, you know, but we get to see that match later on. I've got, I've got the shirt up. It is, uh, it says greatness amongst you. And it's got like a goat head, but, uh, in, in like the face of the goat is the Roman reigns, the R R like R the backward R R that okay. almost looks kind of like a spider. Um, and it, it's actually pretty sick. Uh, the, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I I would be down with one without the um the greatness amongst you. Like it, literally just the goat head with the RR. I'd be all about that. The like, I feel like Bloodline shirts have been the best merchandise like to wear on a normal occasion, quote unquote, that WWE's ever made, in my opinion. It's got to be up there between the we the ones the the head of the table those two in particular I feel like you generally see throughout half of the audience in basically any any crowd but all the acknowledge me stuff um all the roman stuff with literally just the rr there's so much shit I got to copy some of that yeah yeah um so after this segment we end up here we go, man. This is the return that my boy Henron here has been waiting for. Yes, boy. Our first match of the night. We've got the rematch. Pretty deadly versus the brawling brutes. L- let it out, man. Just let it out. So, and I know you've been hype. I know you've been waiting for this as well because you said it's been too much backstage and you've been ready for that action and you got that action not a lot of pretty deadly action but you got some of it here and it's very exciting we get to see hashtag elton strong fight and work his way out of the chair the fire the excitement the desire between both of these gentlemen as we head down to the ring oh and the crowd was just not feeling it as much as i was i i will i will admit that because i'm i'm listening and you know you hear all these other people come out and the crowd's hype and I'm super excited and I'm seeing Pretty Deadly on my screen, but I'm hearing the crowd and I'm like, maybe it's just the music. And I could just hear the music really loud for some reason. I love the disco ball as well. They just had that shit out there. I thought that was wild. But the only thing I can really say about this match is Ridge, the motherfucking fridge. I, this guy's good. Like, him and Butch, like, honestly, like, maybe give him a tag title run or something. Like, this guy could throw people around. He's pretty nasty. Very vicious. Um, I honestly, like, was more hyped seeing him in this match than I was hashtag Elton Strong. But 
I was happy for the ending. I'm happy to see where this goes because their antics are entertaining uh, to me, at least. But essentially, you know, what Prince is pretending to be hurt, you know, from Ridge Holland, he's distracting the ref. I believe Kit hits Ridge, and then we get a roll up for Prince to get the win back over Ridge Holland to get his uh, revenge. And then they celebrate at the top of the ramp by uh, pushing him in the wheelchair, which was very fun. Yeah, I loved the wheelchair entrance. Um, and I also love how Corey Graves clarified for us that, you know, the the reason that he was in the wheelchair is a physical specimen like Elton Prince. He uses his whole body to move. So, you know, when, when you hurt your shoulder, you, you can't walk. So thank you, Corey Graves. Um, this also wasn't the only kind of uh, lackluster crowd reaction. There were a handful throughout the night that I was kind of surprised at. Some of them were a similar reaction to me, but some of them was just like, oh, like it was weird what they lost their shit for. Obviously, LA Knight, Cena, like Roman, all that shit makes sense, but. Um, there were a couple interesting head scratching moments uh, from this, but it's good. It is good to see Pretty Deadly finally back in action. Um, I actually would love to see. You know, there's been the talks with the Endeavor takeover, like maybe them introducing some new belts. You know, whether it be another cruiserweight attempt or a trios belt. So, Brawling Brutes would be one of my picks for a trios belt of inducting. Uh, Tyler Bate into their ranks whether they remain brawling brutes or do British strong style whatever they they want to brand themselves as but that trio would probably be my pick for a trio's belt in WWE the big strong brutes I believe is what they called them on this week's NXT episode and yes that would be very exciting um, they would do well together, especially since, you know, Bate and Butch already got some background. Yeah, they would be they would be really good together. Um, we end up backstage real quick with the first interview of Carlito. He's saying it's cool to be back when Bobby Lashley comes to greet him. Yeah, Carlito suggests that Bobby should be his first match back. Bobby is like, eh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then he gets ambushed by the Street Profits. Carlito, that is. Uh, Pierce comes to break it up. Everybody comes to break it up. Um, we come back from break, and Bailey shows up in this whole thing and is asking about plans to celebrate EO Sky, but Zelina Vega's pissed because they're all trying to attend to Carlito getting taken out. Um, she, they, they just end up in a screaming match. Naturally, Pierce can't handle it and tells them to get to the ring. So that's going to be a match that we have coming up here. But, uh, I don't know, man. I, are you real? Is there any juice for you personally for this Carlito Street Profits thing? I don't care. Now, I do care the fact that 
Bobby Lashley in a suit standing next to yoked Carlito. Everybody talking about how jacked and good Carlito looks. This man was small compared to Bobby Lashley here. I was like, how big is this motherfucker? Oh, my God. Right. So I'd like to see them fight, you know, to squash this. But just take the belt off of Ray. You're like. We talk about all these other wrestlers who are like done wrestling now. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be that guy, but like, Ray, bye. Like, LWO, bye. I don't know. It just ain't it for me. Santos, I'm sorry, you got to do something else. Like, go back to being a phantom, put a mask on. I don't know, man. It's just, I just can't. And Street Profits, do something. Please do something. Yeah, I, I would agree i i think this whole just lwo thing in general doesn't really have any juice i'm not really a fan of zelina vega um you know we'll we'll get into that match with bailey later in the night but uh i felt like that match kind of sums up how i feel about zelina vega uh it, it just i don't know we'll see if they can spice it up because there are some shakeups to smackdown so we'll see if that has any effect on it but I ain't holding my breath. Um, we are still backstage, and we get our first little uh, table setting from the Bloodline. And, uh, you know, Roman's sitting in a chair. You got him, Jim, laid out kind of over on the sofa, just relaxing. Uh, Roman's asking Jim what he's doing. He's like, I'm trying to be you, Oos, calling the audibles when they need to be called. So Roman acknowledges him. He says, you know what? If you were the QB, what would you do? He's like, yeah, I'll go get Jay. And Roman's, no, that shit's old news. The tag titles are the focus. That shit tarnishes our legacy, having Cody and Jay having the belts together. No more distractions. We good? Yeet. Jimmy drops a little, a little yeet here. Uh, he, he'll drop another one later in the night and get a little bit of a different reaction from Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Roman already is going to cut that shit out. Um, you know, Jimmy out here talking about, you know, I'm just trying to help you out. I'm trying to, you know, do what we need to be done. And Roman ain't having that shit. Roman's back. These are, this is his bloodline. He's the head of the table. He's the chief. You know, there ain't no fucking ifs, ands, or buts about it. Shut the hell up. You know, nobody cares about Jay. The fact that he's walking around with all them belts with Cody, it's a disrespectful slap in the face. <laughs> oh, man. He's so pissed about all that. So we know he still hates Cody. We know he still wants the belts in the bloodline. It doesn't sound like he necessarily wants them for himself. He just wants them under his reign, you know, under his leadership. And, uh, yeah, we'll see more of this later. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll cover some more of my opinions on it after we get our other Bloodline segment later in the show. But uh, I think Roman's very much setting a tone here. But up next, we've got our next match. Bailey versus Zelina Vega. The squash match, pretty much, of the night. What do you got? Yeah, the only thing, and, you know... Shout out Zelina. She was trying. She hit like a nice little meteora that was fire. She hit like a low 619 off like the bottom rope. I don't know if I've ever seen it off the bottom rope. So I was like, that's cool. Um, but we get an EO Sky distraction for Bailey to hit the rose plant for the 1-2-3 victory. 
as I'm thinking after this match, which was very quick, I'm thinking, why did we need this? Like, I get it. We, you know, we had to do something, but I'm like, why? And it was very quickly explained to me as Damage Control tried to jump Delina Vega and then Corilla DeVille. I mean, Charlotte came out with her big ass pumps and this weird ass outfit with these gloves to save the day. Yeah. When I saw Charlotte sprinting in those heels, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I, I'm just very, very, very confused. Um, but you know what? I'm glad that they gave Bailey a win because Bailey hasn't exactly been collecting the W's lately, uh, in 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 terms of singles combat. And let's be honest, like she's been one of the top women in the division for a long ass fucking time. And I, you know, I don't want to see her getting the natty treatment of being the ceremonial loss to everybody. So, uh, props for Bailey getting a win here. That's, that's my, uh, that's my biggest takeaway from this. So we get into a segment where we get a shit ton of announcements so we've got the game coming out to address the crowd. Triple H looks like he misses making an entrance. Like when he was coming down, he was taking it all in. And I was like, look at that man's face. Like he, he loves and hates this because like this is what he wants to do. This is, this is what he probably feels like he was meant to do, born to do, is be out there in the ring and obviously he's got a very important role he's pretty much calling the shots at this point and he's been doing a good job of it so we're all appreciative but at the same time like he doesn't get to do what he wants to do and then the first thing he says on the mic is he confirms that he's like yeah there's a big part of me that misses this um We've got Adam Pierce in the ring with him, and he honors Adam Pierce and the job that he's done as a WWE official for both brands, calling it a thankless job, which if you've seen any of Adam Pierce's interactions with Chelsea Green, uh, yeah, it is certainly a thankless job. Announces on the spot that Adam Pierce has been promoted to the general manager of Monday Night Raw, but before he can announce who's going to be the general manager of SmackDown, we get an interruption entrance from Dirty Dom Mysterio. And uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma is pretty much at the bottom of the Boo Rankings list. I think I put them a second to last. Uh, yeah, in between Boston and Salt Lake City. Because yeah, they booed him. Yeah, the boos were kind of loud. But I could hear every single word he said. He didn't really say anything all that interesting. It's Dom Mysterio. We know what he says. He just whines about shit at this point. Um, Triple H was having some fun. Like, hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if your mic's working. I can't hear you. It gives, it gives him his mic and uh, plays with the booze. Proven. Triple H has still got it. He's still great in the ring and on the microphone. Um, Dom is saying, though, that Fastlane was not a success after Triple H claimed that it was, and the Judgment Day were screwed out of their titles. How can you allow the champs to have a match tonight before the Judgment Day has their... Just being a whiny little bitch. And Triple H is like, yo, you're yelling at the wrong people. You need to talk to the new GM of SmackDown. Nick Aldis is the GM of SmackDown? Magnus? Like... 
Am I remembering this dude correctly? What's your most recent memory of this guy? The so I, I wrote I wrote my little notes right here because I wanted to go on a little mini rant because my my last memories of this guy are as follows: former NWA World Champion, ten pounds of gold. Back in 2018, he lost the title to Cody back when he was just Cody, not Cody Rhodes, because the WWE still owned his name. So he could only call himself Cody, even though it's his last name, which is interesting. He wanted to win the belt that his dad had won, Dusty Rhodes. So he won the belt. He then lost it back to Aldis, who then had a Roman Reigns run with that belt for 1,043 days after he won it from Cody, which was, I just learned that today. But that's wild. Who's And he's also married to, I believe, Mickey James, legend in the WWE scene. But I believe her last two encounters with WWE when she got released I believe they mailed everything to her in a black garbage bag so there was a lot of heat with the company and the couple because of that but I also believe while she was the TNA women's champion they let her come out during the women's royal rumble with the TNA belt and that was within these recent years which is not something WWE ever does so shout out to them but those are my recent memories of Mr. Nick Aldis here. The crowd reaction said it all because the crowd didn't say shit. Like it it was the weakest non-reaction from a crowd. And and to me, this one was kind of warranted. Like, listen, the the dude seems all right. I ain't got no problem with him. My my problems with him are as such. Uh shouldn't he still be wrestling? Like I, I looked it up. He's younger than Cody Rhodes, uh, Roman Reigns, L.A. Knight. Uh, I, I think he's like same age as like Drew, Seth Rollins, those guys. He might even be younger than Drew. Like, sh- shouldn't this shouldn't this dude be in the ring? Like, why why is he a GM? I mean, it, it may pay more. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he's having a hard time getting work. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. Um, I would not be shocked though, if, you know, when Triple H first started taking this kind of role, like he did still kind of wrestle here and there to put people down and like Shane O'Mac would wrestle in that capacity. I would not be shocked if we get matches out of this dude of like, you know, all right, Dom, you want to bitch? Let's go to the ring and you can bitch and I'm going to put you down. So I would not be shocked if, if we get this, um, also, in my uh, foray into looking up how old he was in comparison to uh, some of the main guys on the roster, uh, I also did learn that he's like 12 or 13 y- years younger than Mickey James, <laughs> so good for her. Um, anyway, he comes in, uh, he addresses Dom, you know, Dom, I'm a big fan of your dad. Um so that that was that was a nice nice line and he immediately announces who was drafted to SmackDown in exchange for Jay Uso. And dude, they fucking got me on this one because I did not expect it to be Kevin Owens. Um my first initial reaction was like, "Oh, I'm kind of sad that they split up KO and Sammy." But at the same time, like, I'm actually but really glad to see that they're both going to be in singles uh a, a competition again because 
they're both fucking amazing. You know what I mean? And I, I actually think KO in SmackDown is going to be amazing. I think uh, it's going to be great for him. Uh, I think that, you know, throw him at the U.S. belt. You know what I mean? Like, and and his first act as a SmackDown superstar was to hit Dom with a stunner. So I, I, I would love to see him really shake up some of what we've got going on. Maybe we get a little Bobby Lashley KO thing going on. Um, but basically, you know, he hits him with the stunner and then uh, he, he looks back at Dom as the segment's ending of just like, so, so what happened to slapping me as, as Dom threatened to do? Um, how you feel about this? Yeah. My, my thought here was we know that Cody was part of orchestrating this trade Cody, like, did he intentionally split up KO and Sammy? Just, you know, was he after the tag titles, like, this whole time? You know what I'm saying? Like, was was this a whole plan that Cody had? Because that's the only way all this kind of adds up and makes sense. He had to have been thinking about this for a while. He he was going to talk about this for a while. Did did he not tell Kevin Owens when he's backstage? Like, you've been working with this guy for how long to, you know, not tell him that, oh, by the way, you're going to be working on a different day? Like, what if his daughter had soccer practice and now he can't make it? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That That's like what the hell I was thinking Um, as far as the Cody KO thing. Should be interesting. KO show should be fun. Um, I did also want to note with the whole Adam Pierce thing, Triple H is putting him over, talking about he's been running it on Raw and SmackDown, basically being a double GM. How are you going to tell this man he's getting a promotion, but he's only working on Raw? That First off, that sounds like a demotion to me. That sounds like a pay decrease, because now you're hiring a second person to do work that he was doing. That sounds like you're giving a reason to pay him less. So I don't know why we, like, Adam Pierce, like, I, I feel like they just gimped him a little bit and they're trying to play it off. So I I thought that too real quick, but then at the same time, like, think about it, dude. Uh he he's basically having his responsibilities slightly reduced. I mean, in reality, kind of halved. Um and he's going up in title. So he gets to probably make more money while doing less. Isn't isn't that kind of the goal? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, and as far as KO and Cody goes, um, if you remember, there were segments when the trade, quote unquote trade, first happened that we didn't even really know it was a trade. At some point, um, we had like a segment with Pierce and Jay and, and Cody and whatnot. And Pierce was the one that was like, listen, because of this, you know, I just found out that we're going to have to send somebody over to SmackDown. And then for a long time, it was being discussed of just like, we don't know who, we don't know who. Um, and in this segment, I very much got the impression that Aldis picked KO. Okay. Okay. That could, that could make sense. But then like, I don't know. Then then we get back into the whole tag team single picks, et cetera, et cetera, every time we have a draft debate. So I don't know. But it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Uh again, throw KO with that US belt. Like I I would love that, but we'll we'll have to see. Um now we get into another bloodline segment. So we've got Roman again. Uh he ain't looking too thrilled 
we've got KO, Cody, and Jay on his show. And in Roman's word, and I got Jimmy Uso on my couch. What are you doing? Who's the QB? And uh, him, Jim, is, is kind of confused. You serious? Nah, but imagine if I was. <laughs> I loved that shit. Jimmy, Jimmy scurries off with a yeet. And this is when Roman's like, yo, cut that shit out. Like, I, dude, I mean, this was super short. But it, it shows his frustration with everything that's going on. And, dude, Jim is on thin fucking ice. Yeah, Jim needs to watch himself because... Roman's gonna fucking snap and like he almost snapped right here he's sitting here like and then I got like in the way he said it you know I got this guy on my show I got this guy on my show and then I got this guy on my couch like the way he talked to him was not as a member of the bloodline it's just another guy J.A.G. shout out uh, Steve Smith Sr. Um, I don't know if you heard (laughs) (laughs) yes I did Jerry Judy so we're gonna start calling him Jim Jerry Judy (laughs) oh man but that's how he treated this guy you know and they're putting down the yeet so it sounds like him Jim is not gonna be able to say it and Jay's gonna be saying it so that's gonna be interesting it's all right. Cody's going to pick up the slack and give us the yeats that we're robbed of from Jimmy. I I'm, I have full faith in, in Cody Rhodes' yeeting. Um, we got a quick little dragon leaving yet, and I'm like, you still haven't fucking said that he's on the roster. Like, is is that what this was supposed to be? Was like announcing that Dragon Lee is on the SmackDown roster? Like, at least put that... You know, give me give me a little subtitle saying congratulations on making the SmackDown or some shit. Like, is that what I was supposed to take away from this vignette? Yeah, I'm like, why are we still like we've seen him wrestle. We we know he exists. I don't, I don't know why we're still like just just make him like a real person, please. Like we could he can talk, he can be backstage, and he can beef. Let's go. Yeah. So I guess this was the announcement that we got. Um. And we we are backstage with Chelsea Green and Piper Niven with the new GM, Nick Aldis. Now, naturally, Chelsea Green needs to always have a word with the official, the GM, whoever is going to be the person okaying matches and, and make sure that, you know, she's in with them. Um, she's talking about the belts being cursed, so they should get new belts. So, you know, she's got all these designer ideas for new belts. Um, and Nick is just trying to detach himself as quickly as possible, saying that he has a meeting with, and he turns to his right, Charlotte Flair. So Nick Aldis and I uh, have something in common, and that is our sentiments about the queen. He feels that Charlotte was robbed. So what does Charlotte get? She gets a rematch with EO Sky for the belt next week in San Antonio with Henron in the audience. Are you excited for this match? Yeah, we might actually see a title change because... Um... In this segment right here, we also get the presence of Jade Cargill. And she's right there standing next to Charlotte. She's bigger. She looks better. She looks better. You know, she looks more fierce. I don't know, man. And Charlotte was wearing those big ass pumps. And Jade was still taller than her. And like, that's your mania match right there. Like, period. I think that. Charlotte's going to win the belt soon and she's going to hold on to it 
Tomania and Jade's going to take it from her. And that's how they make Jade Cargill. And she's going to hold her for a while. And she's going to be the next big star on SmackDown. And, I, you know, I think I think next week might be. Well, t- I think this week started it. Right. But I think next week is going to maybe the start of the rain that leads all the way to that. Yeah. And I can say because I've already looked this up because I'm fucking weird. But uh, Jade and Charlotte are the exact same height. So they were both both in pumps. Um, but yeah, what I wrote at the end of the segment was in all caps, give me a Jade match, please. Like fucking just, just give me, give me the Jade Natty match that we all know is coming for her first fucking match. That's just going to be a two second squash match. Like we all, we all know that's what it's going to be. So let's just get it fucking over with and get her in the action. But they're still teasing of like, is she going to be on SmackDown? Is she going to be on Raw? Is she going to be on NXT? Stay tuned to find out. Maybe we'll find out in the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. I don't know, dude. Like, just give me the fucking match. Like, just stop teasing me, please. This is this is this is killing me. Um, and then we end up in our next match. We have a title defense. The undisputed tag team champions, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes, American Us. Uh, Usi Nightmare. I don't know. Verse A Town Down Under. Give me this match, man. Yeah. So I, I looks like you saw that sign in the crowd as well that said uh, Usi Nightmare. Um, on the other side I of liked that it. sign. Yeah, I like that one too. On the other side of the sign, it said, "Do you feel him, sir?" Which was another um, <laughs> cute little nod back to that press conference. But first off. Right before we get into this match in one of the backstage segments, we did see him, Jim, you know, leaving the locker room. And now we see Jay coming out and they're just talking about Jay. So as Jay's making his entrance, I'm like, he's going to get jumped. Here it is. But then he didn't. And then we get the um, A-Town Down Under. They actually confirmed it on commentary. Well, I don't know about confirming it, but they're they're saying it more, which means it's, you know, more confirmed, which they're also saying the Cody 1D. That's so awful. Like you can't you can't it's like R2D2. Like is I don't know. I'm not feeling it. It's it's convoluted. I, I said Cody. I think just because I said it, I'm obviously gonna be in favor of it, but I think it it's just better. But we did have the undefeated A-Town Down Under going against the tag champs. Cute little match. Uh, we had something we haven't seen in a while, which was like the never headbutt a Samoan spot. I felt like like I thought they stopped doing that because maybe it was racist, but maybe they're just saving it. But they totally did that here with Jay. And he swag dancing after a headbutt to drop another one on there. And it was pretty cute. Uh, there was a nice spot where... What's his name? Waller hits his roll into the ring. Cody dodged into a disaster kick, which was pretty, pretty fat as well. We got the the Cody 1D move, but then they hit a dive and then Cody hit the crossroads for the win, which is like, why do you have a tag team move if that's not how you're going to win? But all right, do do y'all. Y'all are the American Nightmares or Yeet Boys or whatever y'all are going to be. Ooh, I like that one, the Yeet Boys. (laughs) (laughs) But where no bloodline? Y'all are just talking about these titles, and you could have made them lose to Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, who you could easily beat. So no interference, y'all. Oh, okay. No 
Judgment Day. Uh, y'all are, are are y'all here? Y'all made a pact like last week. Is that not a what? Ha- what? And I don't know if it was during this match, but randomly commentary was like, "We have Judgment Day up next." Well, I never saw Judgment Day at all. Like I saw Dom Mysterio. I didn't see anybody else, and Dom never comes alone. Where was Mommy? Mommy didn't confront Roman, telling him that she's the head of the table, that she's the tribal chief, to acknowledge her. Like, I don't know. Where, where's I just feel like we missed out on some Judgment Day stuff here, but we finally get the end of the match, and like you think that's it? Nobody's coming out. They're celebrating. Um, A Town Dananda is looking sad in the ring. Jay walking up the ramp. Cody's high fiving the fans, and then we finally get the bloodline. But it's just him, Jim, and Solo. I don't know why they waited until now to come out, but they come out and they're laughing. And then, and then we get Paul and Roman, and Cody riding Roman's face, big stare down, and you can just see Roman mouth to him, "This is my show." And you get Nick Aldis out here real quick. He ain't he ain't having it. Yeah, and uh, I I felt the same way about the Cody one D. Uh, w- like that should end it. Why do I need a crossroads after that? The crossroads. If anybody's ever listened to me say anything about Cody and his moves in general, to me the Cody Cutter is a superior move to the crossroads anyway. So first off, I always feel like that should be his actual like finisher. If you want to have the crossroads be his quote unquote signature move or whatever, I understand that the the Cody Cutter kind of requires a little bit more setup. But he was popping off disaster kicks all over the fucking place, and uh, I'm sorry, like the Cody One D, Cody, whatever the fuck you want to call it is so much more impressive than the crossroads that I just don't want a crossroads after it. It, it. It's, you know, it feels anticlimactic because after they hit the Cody 1D, I already know that they're going to win. So, like, why, why, why wait this out? Um, I loved Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jay, saying yeet. Every time he was high-fiving a person on the way out, he'd high-five somebody, yeet, yeet, yeet. Yeah. Uh and and as always, you know, I we say this a lot. I feel like I always need to say it. Cody is the absolute fucking king of making a kid's day. Like this dude, you know how like there're just some people that yeah, they're great at what they do and whatnot and they just seem like an okay person. Like Cody Rhodes seems like genuinely a phenomenal human being. And uh I always feel like I want to, I want to, uh, call that out. Um, another couple cool moments was like Austin theory is great at letting spit fly on bumps that he takes. Like there was a disaster kick where he just let loose like half a gallon of spit from his mouth afterwards. There was another moment where he got hit in the face and spit just went flying everywhere. Uh, I, I don't know if this has always been a thing with theory, but this is the first time I really noticed it. Um, and then the stuff at the end with the bloodline coming out, um, you know, I, I, I said to myself, you know, I need to find myself a woman who looks at me the way that Paul Heyman looks at Roman Reigns 
That's that should be our goal in life because the way that he looks at Roman is uh I mean if I was Roman it would be a little concerning but <laughs> man uh good good for Paul Heyman that he found that in his life until he decides that his next person is Jade Cargill or Braun Breaker um and we we got good old Nick Aldis the the now entrenched SmackDown GM coming and splitting them up but um I I loved how they did have Roman and Cody go face to face because it says that there this was I felt like the first time that the WWE as a company acknowledged that the story isn't finished, you know? Yeah. So I guess that keeps the dream alive of Cody taking it from Roman at Mania. I don't know if it's not Rock or Cena or Stone Cold or Undertaker or whoever the fuck they try to pull out of retirement. Um, But we get something that I feel like we haven't had in a long-ass time on SmackDown. We have two matches back-to-back with literally nothing in between. Because now we're into our main event, LA Knight for Solo Sokoa. Take it away. Yeah, they sure did jump right into this match. Because like I'm looking back at my notes and I'm like, ain't no fucking nothing there. But yeah, we actually had a match here. And it was a surprise to see Solo Sokoa kind of getting beat down a little bit. You know, normally we see him hitting his little handful of moves that he hits, staying genuinely on top and not really taking too much offense. But they forced him out here in this longer match. Maybe the match wasn't that long, but honestly, it it felt long. It felt slow. It kind of wasn't that entertaining to be just to be frank. Um, but there there was a little story of LA Knight trying to pick up Solo, and then he couldn't pick him up, and then he finally picks him up. But I mean, uh, eventually, him Jim comes out. Cena comes out, Cena hits the AA on him, Jim, to take him out, but then Cena eats his spike, but then Solo eats the BFT, one, two, three, and all I'm thinking is war games, bloodline, and like Judgment Day versus like Cody and Jay and maybe Sammy and them and LA Knight, I don't know if Cena's going to be involved, maybe he's a guest referee and in it all or something but that's that's all i could see because it feels like all these people are always intertwined and something big is needs to happen for them to finally blow it all off yeah and i think we've seen reports that i don't i don't know that wwe has said or, or released anything to actually acknowledge it but we've seen a lot of reports come out um with people with sources inside the company saying that war games is indeed back and will be at survivor series. And this is the obvious thing is, is to have, um, you know, I don't know how many people they want to do with it. What, what would it be like a five on five, I guess. Um, it would probably be like priest, uh, Balor, Dom, Jim, solo versus, Cody, J, KO, Sammy, Knight, and or Cena. Um, Make it a six on six, throw Cena in there so you could throw Reigns in there. I just don't, 
feel like I see Roman, you know, like he, he doesn't, he'll do a tag match here and there, but like, he's, he's not going to be on the front lines. You know what I mean? Like this, this is, this is beneath the head of the table. This is let the masses handle this. If mommy ain't going to be there, then, then Roman ain't going to be there. I feel you, but it's, it's a big four pay-per-view. We know he's probably not going to have a singles match because he's probably beating LA Knight in crown jewel. And I don't see them building up a challenger caliber for, survivor series and you know he has to wrestle on survivor series it's a big four you can't have that you know i'm pretty i mean did he he wrestled SummerSlam, didn't he or no no he did he miss SummerSlam? uh i thought he did a tag match at SummerSlam. oh was that the one where he lost to jay i think so yeah because I, f- I feel like as mia as he goes he shows up for the big four yeah that's true um yeah, so maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Roman will be in it. Um, I know that one of, at this point, one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most is the first face-to-face encounter of Rhea Ripley and Roman Reigns. Like the first sit-down that they have. Like I, that can't come quick enough for me. Yeah, yeah, I need that. Um, I'll take that next week, please, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen... Um, anything announced about Roman's next appearance, I feel like if it was going to be at the season premiere of Raw, that probably would have already been announced. Um, I think our best bet would be the show you're going to. I'm not I'm not sure. It's just, it falls in a weird lull. Um, but we have more to talk about because we had the NXT... That went head to head with AEW Dynamite. Um, so I've I've seen a bunch of misinformation about this. So I just want to address this first. Like the reason that AEW was moved was because of playoff baseball. It wasn't because I've seen people tweet out, "Oh, Tony Khan wanted to go head to head because he thought he could get better ratings or whatever." Like. No, this happened because of playoff baseball. And to be fair, because of that instance, whatever show gets moved out of their normal spot is already at a disadvantage, you know, because like their normal viewers are usually waiting for at that time, which there was plenty of time it was announced and they still did good ratings. So, you know, ultimately the ratings came out where NXT had a little over 900,000 viewers and uh, Dynamite had a little over 600,000 viewers. So still strong viewership and you know, I I don't want to I don't want to sit here and talk about who won AEW versus NXT or whatever. Like wrestling won, okay? Like the fact that there were still one and a half million viewers when there was playoff baseball and opening hockey is a pretty big deal. Um, so really, wrestling won, but. This NXT dude was so fucking fun. We had so much shit on it. We had some really good matches. We had some matches that honestly didn't really matter. Um, We knew some of the appearances that we were going to get ahead of time. We knew we were going to have Asuka. We knew that we were going to have Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman. 
Um, we knew Cena was going to be there, but there were there were appearances that we did not know were going to be there. Um, hang on, I I wrote down all of the randos that I was not expecting. Um, we had LA Knight. Uh, we had Solo Sokoa. Uh, we had Jade Cargill, JD McDonough, if he's anything to be excited about, uh, Dirty Dom Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, uh, and then we had The Undertaker. Uh, that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, just as a whole, before we get into the tidbits, I thought this was honestly one of the most fun NXT TV shows in a while. How'd you feel about it? It was intense. Like I was watching this shit and I was like, am I watching Raw or SmackDown? Because every segment just had like, like I don't want to say familiar faces because I'm familiar with most of the people in NXT, but just faces that, you know, we're used to seeing on a Raw or SmackDown, not that we're used to seeing on NXT at all. So yeah, I felt this was a lot of, juice a lot of action that they pumped into this show uh you know to make it a lot more enjoyable of a watch you know yes and they had their good nxt segments in there the stuff that are kind of the more so main storylines that i care about more than others while still you know giving us all the main roster stuff to pump everything up as well nice mix yeah and I'm realizing I forgot Shotzi as I was going through this. Um, Shotzi was there as well. Um, but yeah, so we we started off and essentially Cody Rhodes is the special guest GM for the night. Essentially, um, we've got Dragunov addressing everybody and Cody sets up Dragunov's first defense. We're getting Ilya Dragunov, Dom Mysterio that night. Um, Cody also announces the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, as well as there's going to be a men's breakout tournament after the women's. So those were Cody's announcements. Uh, I feel like I called the Dusty Rhodes one. That that made sense to me. Um and I think you called the men's breakout one, no? No, that was that one was a surprise to me. I figured that the tag one was all I was thinking. Yeah, so those are those are some fun ones. We find out later in the night that they're they're dubbing the tag one like the the they have this like a bada bing bada boom uh like royale um that they were explaining later in the night so that that should be fun that we'll have coming up but we had some fun matches too so we had oscar versus roxanne perez with oscar winning we had some interference from shotzi and kiana james uh, i don't think anybody expected roxanne to to win but you know what roxanne she stood up pretty well um we had the pub rules match between uh the brawling strong whatever you said that they were called i didn't i didn't remember what they were called um that was kind of a fun match 
there were some interesting moments. Um, they tried to make some brutal moments like with, with stabbing darts and hands, except it was very clearly stabbed into the tape and not into the hands. And I'm like, somewhere there's John Moxley sitting there really disappointed, you know? Uh, but this was a fun match. I, I'm assuming you like this one. This seemed like your kind of match. Yeah, and this is like exactly kind of what I was hoping for from this this group of individuals because it's like what else can you really do with them just have them do something interesting something fun um i love this some of the small spots in here like some guy couldn't get a fire extinguisher to work but then he did um at one point they stuffed homeboy in a trash can and they threw a bowling ball at him i don't know the last time i saw a bowling ball in a friggin' wrestling match before like that that was pretty interesting to me as well we had some pool sticks in here we had wolfgang trying to go over the top almost busting ass and hurting himself so that was interesting but yeah the one of the big strong brutes or something like that uh let's see more of them yeah this this is something you know this could be bait's key to to finally making it on the may roster because this dude's been around for a minute and he's been a damn good performer pretty much the whole time um, we get, uh, a couple little segments with John Cena and Braun Breaker. So, you know, I'm not wondering if the, they could be teasing something there a little bit. Um, we get the Dragonov Mysterio match, which to me, like the, the most fun parts of this, uh, as, most people have heard by now is that thanks to the mellow Dragonov match, Dragonov's my favorite. Um, it was an awesome match, but I loved that they tried to interfere at the end. Um, and LA Knight was announced the special guest referee by Cody Rhodes for this because of the fact that Judgment Day would be interfering. So between LA Knight and Dragunov, they just completely leveled anybody who tried to come out and interfere with the Judgment Day. And usually that's not something you see happen with the Judgment Day. They typically get their way when it comes to interference. But when you've got Dragunov and LA Knight in there, ain't shit happening. Um... So Dragunov defends the title with a massive H-bomb. But afterwards, we've got Baron Corbin coming out and trying to, like, you know, claim his target with Dragunov to be uh, his next match at Halloween Havoc. But um, before he can get to it, Dijak ambushes Dragunov from behind. So he gets kind of screwed there but this is this is kind of being a theme like let's let's not let's not do this corbin thing man but don't we get to see when it's going to end up being a one-on-one match i think right oh yeah it's going to end up being a one-on-one match but we get to see a triple threat between corbin diajack and mellow um to see who faces Dragonov at halloween havoc i believe but at least a three-way like I, i feel like that should be fun i want to see these two men throw mellow around for a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that'll probably be part of it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that three-way. Uh, it was decided that Mello gets in the three-way because of him winning the main event tonight. Um, I'm trying to think if there was... Oh, we had the, the women's breakout match. We had Lola Vice versus Danny Palmer. 
I honestly don't feel like talking about that because it's nah, whatever. I'm not really into any of them and their wrestling abilities. Um, they're all kind of meh. Uh, we had a Pillman Jr., a.k.a. Lexus King now promo. So he's going to be around. Um I was very confused when I was listening to this because I didn't catch him saying King. I was like, did he say he was raised by Kane? Like, is that is that what this dude said? But no, he said King and that now he's going by Alexis King in, in the ring. Um, at least somebody's going to try to do something with this kid. No, I feel like that's the takeaway here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge him off his past. I'll see what Lexus King can provide to us. Let's see what his move set is like. Let's see what his intensity is like. Let's see what his other promos, how he talks. Let's see what that's like. Because speaking on a past version of you know Brian Pillman Jr., um, Hollywood Blondes, or I, I forget the. The team, it wasn't the hot. I think his dad was part of the Hollywood Blondes, and then he was the Varsity Blondes. There you go, with Griff Garrison and AEW. And I don't know, you know, young guy has potential, you know, generational talent. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah. And NXT is the right place. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, you know, let's see if he can cut it there. Uh, I think that was probably part of his issue before is just, you know, getting, it's not like he even got a lot, but I, he needs work. You know what I mean? And being thrust into something on AEW isn't like the greatest way to work on yourself. So I don't know. We'll see. But we get our main event with Carmelo Hayes, uh, with John Cena and Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman. So there there were a couple spots in this show where we saw a couple segments between Breaker and Heyman. And there was one point, I, I don't even remember exactly what Heyman was saying, but Braun Breaker was going on his like usual psycho thing of just like, oh yeah, you know, I just break people and angry and blah. And uh and he leaves, and, and Heyman's got a giant grin on his face, and he grabs his cell phone and says, call Roman Reigns. So I'm not wondering if we're looking at the next honorary oos, man. Oh, or instead of Roman being in that Survivor Series, he gets a substitute, which is Braun Breaker. I could see some shit like that happening as well. Dude, I would totally be for that. Um, and I think like the character that Bronze built would be perfect in in the bloodline. Um, obviously, uh, the kid is also from I don't know if you want to say wrestling royalty, but uh, the, wrestling runs very thick in his large bicep veins. <laughs> With Big Papa Pump and uh, just the Steiner family. Um, I would be for it. And he fits like a similar, he's kind of like Solo of just like an unhinged enforcer. But we've seen way more of him on the microphone than we'll ever see of Solo, realistically. 
So like, I I feel like he brings more depth and. I think it would be a really nice fit. I would love to see that happen. Yes, and they can slowly weed Jimmy out because he's not really part of it. They bring Braun Breaker in and eventually like give Breaker and Solo the tag titles because they'd be a great team. Breaker can be the talker. They can still hit the the spear spike combo. Yes. You know, it's the same, you know, like I like that. I feel like that's a very, very good fit right there. That'd be fucking nice to see. Yeah. So let's make this happen. Um, but ultimately Carmelo Hayes gets the best of Braun breaker here to win his ticket into that triple threat match to try to get a rematch with Ilya Dragunov. But after the match, Braun Breaker goes to do his typical thing and and uh, take out his loss on uh, on the loser, uh, on the winner, and uh, we get an entrance. Dong, dong, and then we get the and we know who is coming out. The American badass himself, Undertaker, makes his way to the ring. And I'm guessing that's really like the only crossover here of why they did this is we've got, you know, badass Braun Breaker and then the American badass Undertaker. Uh, that that was the only line I could draw on why this happened. Um, other than like just what other name can we get in here to to boost ratings? Because let's be honest, they, they were doing that. Um, nothing really happened other than, you know... Taker telling him, hey, there's, I'm the original badass. And then he hits Braun with a very nice choke slam. So he's still got that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice moment. And then there was another nice moment on the way out uh, where him and, and Mello hit the, uh, the fist up look back pose as the show goes off the air. Yes. So one, I think that's the fastest we've, we've ever seen Undertaker come down to the ring in recent times. Um, this wasn't I like maybe I missed something, you know, back when I was younger and I was watching things and I stopped watching it. I don't know. I don't remember this song. I remember Lim Biscuit keep rolling and I'm sitting here waiting to keep rolling, rolling. That, that's what I'm waiting for. And I'm like, this isn't the song. And so like the whole time I'm sitting here like, I don't know this song and I'm not excited because I don't know this song. And like, I see the people in the crowd, they're jamming out, they're singing it. And I'm like, I've never heard this in my life. So are you familiar with this song? Am I just dumb? I am. Um, I I don't remember it as his entrance theme. Um, he had a couple, but like I don't remember this one. It's American Badass by Kid Rock. Basically, it's um, a Metallica riff sampled, and then Kid Rock's like trailer park rap, whatever the fuck you want to call it, over it. Yes. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I was like, it sounds like Kid Rock. You know, I was like, I swear to God, this is Kid Rock. I was like, it's supposed to be Limp Bizkit. Yeah, uh, the, the, the main reason I know this is because, uh, I don't think I've ever actually said this on the stream, but I, I'm a, a gigging musician, and um, once upon a time, I had to play this at a gig, and I'm not really a Kid Rock fan, and it it's pretty much in the pantheon of like worst shit that I've ever had to play. It, it it was made better by the fact that 
like it's a Metallica guitar riff, so at least, you know, it, it's moderately interesting there, but the fact that it was Kid Rock is uh is not one of my finest moments. Oh man. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through uh, some small minor things leading into some potential storylines as we go through here. I think we're getting two different tag team things like i think we're getting the full tag team tournament that they haven't hashed out but i think we're also getting a battle royal next week which is going to give them their their title match for night one of halloween havoc that's that's how i interpreted it maybe maybe i was mistaken but i know we're getting uh the big battle the the bada bing bada boom battle royal next week for sure uh which should be i think they just weren't clear on that to be honest with it was you. it was a lot going on and just as cody said it he was like yeah i'm from atlanta i don't know what the hell y'all just said so i was i was confused as well with all that shit um cute segment between trick mellow gang and john cena and trick asked cena hey man when did you know it was your time so still the little bit of seeds between trick and mellow and maybe we're gonna see trick turn you know i don't know you know what i'm saying um we had another little clip where it showed paul Heyman talking to ava rain backstage that should be interesting spice things up there and then we had a cute little um chase you segment where you know they're texting in class and chase gets pissed he gets so mad he like this guy's on the phone right even though he saw he knows that it's thea and jc who are the issue but then he ends up going in on this other student i don't even know the guy's name but he's like what the fuck is so entertaining on your motherfucking phone and they're bleeping the guy out and i don't remember them like even pretend or bleeping or cussing like this on nxt like yeah they'll say like bitch shit ass or damn which are you know, some people say, some people don't, that those are real cuss words, but never like, fuck, like that's like, everybody think that's like a, that's like a real cuss word. So I don't know why they were just letting him pop this shit off, but JC Jane is kind of weird. It looks like she maybe helped get Chase U into this bada bing, bada boom, battle royale next week, but I think she's going to end up costing them their chance. As as you were going through the curse word portion, um, I just randomly and I I know I wrote it in my notes, but I I don't I don't remember when it exactly happened. But at one point, Cena was talking about his appearance on this NXT, and he was talking to somebody else who was going to be there, uh, Paul Heyman. I don't know who it was. But Cena literally goes, and I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. did we go there? Did we, you know, and, and I know like he meant that, you know, I, I don't know how he meant it. Okay. I know it was like the, you can't see me, see you, you see me, but it was very clearly like, I'll see you next Tuesday. And I was like. Did we just go there? I think we just went there. <laughs> that he knew what the hell he was doing. And why is he out here straight lying to people's faces talking about people they're they're just lining up to get on NXT. Seth Rollins, he's just lining. I'm like and I'm like when and where? 
Seth ain't out here defending his heavyweight championship, or, or did it? Did, did that? Did that happen? I, am I? No, I, no, it did not happen. Because I was like, they they teased it for a second, but it didn't happen on NXT. Or no, actually, I think he did in the very beginning. I I thought he had one defense. I don't. I feel like him and Braun had beef. It it may have been them. Ah, I have to go back and look this up. But I feel like in the very beginning when he was issuing, um all the open challenges i feel like he did do one defense on nxt but yeah seeing that they're talking about these people are lining up um nxt gold rush june 20th uh world heavyweight championship braun breaker seth rollins so yeah june interesting but I don't know who these other people are lining up to get on this show because Seth Rollins sure wasn't trying to come back. It's been four months. Yeah, I obviously this we kind of just have to take this NXT as a one-off because of all the star power that they forced on there. Although I was a little surprised that there was no Becky considering she has an NXT belt. Like you drop all these other stars, but you you don't you don't bring one that has an NXT belt on. But I had a ton of fun with this NXT and I had a ton of fun with this Smackdown and you know what we're gonna have a ton of fucking fun with this upcoming season premiere Raw because I feel like they got the bangers going we're on a heater let's keep this shit going dude hell yeah Raw's gonna be great and we got enough uh Becky because I swear every commercial break they're advertising her book Becky the man the myth the legend not your girl from Becky from the block yeah Rebecca <laughs> March 2024. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But all right, my my dog, take us home. Well, we thank you all once again for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time for the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. But until then, stay safe and have a wonderful evening. Deuces, deuces. Peace. Yeah.